Hello there and welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always, I'm joined by Tom. Good evening. Good evening, Thomas. This week, we take a closer look at nicotine training and we're not talking about smashing a pack of 20 cigarettes before you hit the gym. We are talking about raw, unfiltered, the good stuff, pure nicotine, okay, which we'll come on to. <laughs> uh, we also look at beetroot gains, um, and by beetroot, I mean the, are they red, purple? What colour are they? Are they purple? Reddish? I'm assuming reddish, that they're, they're beet coloured. Be- <laughs> Cheers, Tom. This, this sounds like it could be an argument. I'm going to go ahead with purple. Purple, all right. But some people will argue it's red. Basically, the vegetable we're talking yeah. about. Beetroot, the vegetable, yeah. and, and gains, and the association with gains. And then finally, me and Tom are going to take part in the new NHS, National Health Service here in the UK, NHS Health Quiz. So we're going to find out how unhealthy we are according to a brand new test. Let's get into this week's The Fitness News. Okay, guys, before we get into the, the news, we've got a trilogy to finish. So if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, there's been a few mentions of a celebrity chef known as Jamie Oliver. And we're here. We've got more for you. Okay, so we're, you know, it's hot news, hot take. Uh, we, I mean, the problem is, though, we were going to go into it again, but then me and Tom were, we, we nearly didn't because unfortunately, there's been a lot of backlash to this, isn't there, Tom? Literally minutes, minutes before we went live, we got a, a very emotionally driven comment firing to the instagram page i don't know why but like out of all of the episodes we've ever done yeah. and we talk about supplements we've spoken about different methods of recovery mm. different you know training ideologies as well um nutrition as well so we've spoken anything from seed oils to bloody rpe right now in regards to the fitness industry it's one of those things that draws a lot of arguments right but out of all of the subjects we've spoken about <laughs> The biggest pushback we have received has been in regards to Jamie Oliver. It's incredible, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It really is. Like People were seething over it. I'm going to read this comment out because this one that just came in is quite yeah. funny. Um, and there's a bit of irony behind this, which we'll talk about how it links to last week's episode. But here it is, and I quote, Does every boring, cringy lad think he can have a podcast in his bedroom and become some sort of influencer or get flame or famous? Amount of boring podcasts I have to scroll past is actually tedious. Give up. First of all, Although technically landlord landlord has said that this is the third bedroom of the house, it's way too small realistically to class this as a bedroom. This is a box room. I mean, this is me right against my desk now, right? If I push back straight away, I'm touching oh, the walls. Oh, you are not fitting a bed in here. Like now, closet, unless that. you're getting Bilbo Baggins in here, this is not a bedroom. <laughs> yeah, this is not a bedroom. Yeah. But yeah, anyone can um, start a podcast. It's great. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Um the the one thing I find quite amusing about this is is the irony of if you listen to last week when we spoke about algorithms and stuff, the fact that he's commented on that on that post about a podcast means that the algorithm is now going to show him more videos of podcasts. So unfortunately for whoever that was, he's gonna now get more videos, much to his pleasure. So he's probably gonna well, carry on ranting. In hindsight, people. if I was paranoid, I reckon that's actually my landlord with a puppet account. Just trying to gaslight me into thinking that no, no, this <laughs> is in fact it. a third bedroom, bedroom. Yeah, just yeah. to find the increase of my rent. You know? That's a great point. You know what that is, yeah. Tom. That's a conspiracy, which is also linked back to last week. <laughs> it, it is, but also would surprise me if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, landlords, mate. Oh. I think. Uh, look, I'm not keen on Jamie Oliver. 
it is what it is. Um, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a Paul Hollywood man. You know, Paul if you Hollywood. Watch, uh, you know the Great British Bake, Bake Off. Off. Hmm. You know Paul Hollywood, didn't you? Yeah, of course, do you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the only bloke, uh, you know, at his age that can pull off jeans. Golden handshake. Yeah, the golden handshake, mm. you know. Um, I know that's what he calls it when he's like, you know, having a J. Arthur. Oh, God's sake. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to go, go for a golden handshake. <laughs> right, let's move this on. <laughs> Give me five. Talk about, about fucking poor Hollywood knocking it out. Anyway, um, so we said we've got a trilogy to finish, guys, and we were not wrong. So the biggest news this week, once again, does involve the one who a lot of people seem to want to defend, Jamie Oliver. Jamie Turkey Twizzler Oliver. Now, if this doesn't make any sense like the first few minutes of this podcast, you've been like, what's the fuck are these idiots talking about? I came here for nicotine and beats. Basically, listen to the last two episodes of the Fitness News and it will all become clear. Um, a quick recap of events. Basically, we started by, or Tom, you started by saying that you don't go to Sainsbury's due to Jamie Oliver's affiliation with Sainsbury's and you don't affiliate with terrorists <laughs> nor Jamie Oliver. Um, no link, no link, just wanted to make that clear. We then went for, forward to the next week where we found out that Jamie Oliver is no longer at Sainsbury's. He has now changed allegiances to Tesco, big Tesco. Not the little Tesco Express, the big Tesco. Okay, so we cleared that up. Once again, we still weren't a fan of him. We thought it was a politically driven move, so, driven move, so we still weren't too happy. But now we can reveal, we can reveal that Jamie Oliver, who we're not saying is a terrorist, I want to make that clear, you know, this is a satirical podcast. <laughs> Has infiltrated the nation's fuel supply and schools and the armed forces. This is how deep it's got, guys. And we've got evidence for this, okay? So it's come to our attention that he's aligned himself with not only Big, uh, Big Tesco, he's also on the bankroll of Shell. You know, that's a petrol, uh, petrol garage or what would you call it, a gas station mm. in America. And Aramark. Now, Tom, those names to us will sound very familiar, especially Aramark, because Aramark, they actually provide food services for some military bases in the UK. And wowee, is that a revelation? So we didn't want to say he's a terrorist, so we're not saying he's a terrorist. But not only is he part of one of the biggest supermarket chains where everyone gets their food from, he's also a part of the fuel supply, which is currently extortionate. You know, they're making mm. profits, people are struggling, and he's infiltrated the armed forces. So essentially what we're basically trying to say here is that I reckon Jamie Oliver is... He's actually the big dog. He's actually in control of the UK. The government is a puppet. But you did say that something that would sound familiar to me was Shell. And, you know, once again, I don't want to create controversy. I don't want um, people to start criticising me because I prefer one thing over the other, just how, like, I prefer Paul Hollywood over Jamie Oliver. But uh, Shell, I'm more of a BP garage man. BP garage man, okay, yeah. So I'm more of a is BP anything, is man. That, is there I'm sure that's going to offend someone. Yeah, someone's going to get upset. That's yeah. going to offend someone, but I'm more of a BP garage man. Better selection. Yeah. Well, not, not, not of petrol. Never know, mate. You know, but of, uh, of you know, the, uh, the service station. But what about, what about if Jamie switched teams and he, he ended up at BP? What would happen then? Oh, I'll have to go to Shell. Back to Shell. Yeah, okay. wouldn't be able to even, handle even, it. No, but even with his taint there, his, his, his legacy still lives on. He was still, I mean, to yeah. be fair, I'll probably stick to what I usually do, which I just siphon off the neighbour's car. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think after the, you know, we've, we've gone through three parts on, on Jamie Oliver now, um, and I think we can now conclude he is everywhere. He is, he's more powerful than we, we first thought. It started off at Sainsbury's, we thought, you know, he's just a simple minion. Um, he's controlling one part of the food supply, but now it turns out he's fucking everywhere. So, yeah. Conclusion, we still don't like Jamie Oliver. And I'm not saying that he is a part of the Iraq invasion of the early 2000s. Oh, my God. 
But, uh, you know, there is the argument that we needed their fuel. And, you know, Jamie Oliver in line with Shell, just saying. Not a conspiracy, fact. This is a sat- satirical podcast. I just want to, you know, have a fight <laughs> on that. Right, anyway. At least in regards to non-fitness based stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, the fitness stuff. Yeah, the fitness stuff is not satirical. We'll just make that clear. We're not. <laughs> uh, sometimes I do find some satire on purpose, just so uh, I, I think it'd be funny to you know plant misinformation every now and again. That is also satirical. Want to make that clear? Right. Anyway, let's move this on before people get confused about what this podcast even is, and if we are actually just chatting shit for every episode we've ever done. It's in the so, title. Uh, wait, it's in the title, right? Anyway, first piece of news. We're going to move on to nicotine training. This is quite wild. This is brought to my attention, actually, um, earlier in the week. Um, there's actually been chatter about nicotine use in a gym setting. Um, and just God. first to clarify, if you're not aware, um, much like caffeine, nicotine is a stimulant. Okay, because you might not be aware of that because people obviously associate it with something which we'll come on to. And by stimulant, I mean it will increase your heart rate when you take it, uh, your blood pressure will increase, and the crunch- contractility of your heart tissue will also increase. Mm. So a stimulant. Very similar to caffeine. Well, there's, there's a big difference, obviously. And <laughs> Yeah, I just want to clarify that. There's a big difference. I'm going to play a game you now, Tom. If I say to you, caffeine, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Well, straight away, coffee. Coffee, okay. In particular, I would think Cannonball Coffee, of which you oh. can get 10% off using our promo code, which I can't actually remember. Primal 10. I think. There you go. There you go. I hope it's silly. I don't know. It's in the I've show checked in. It's in the show. It's in the show. Notes. I love that. It's I didn't realise you were going to do that. I like that little swerve there. Anyway, oh, so he's yeah. purposely setting me up. <laughs> wasn't made. Anyway, there you go. First thing Tom thinks of a caffeine is Cannibal Coffee, which is the UK's most caffeinated coffee. You're just saying. Um, just yeah, that as well. um, but then, if I ask you another question, Tom, when I say nicotine, what is the first thing you think of? The smooth tobacco of uh, Benson and Hedges. There you go. Cigarettes. Of which I don't have a discount code yet. <laughs> well, I hope we don't have a discount code for cigarettes. Uh, but yeah, basically cigarettes. So there is the issue. This is why it's, even though I'm, I'm saying that, you know, caffeine and nicotine are both stimulants in a way, one is associated with something just like a nice coffee, which is, you know, relatively okay. It's fine, you know, in relative doses. But cigarettes are pretty... Highly addictive. Yeah, <laughs> high, we, with, with confidence, we can say they are not good for you, um, you know, especially over a long term. But when we actually look at the health stuff around nicotine, like the actual potential benefits of it, let me just make this clear as well, actually, before we move on. When we are talking about nicotine now, we're obviously talking about it taken away from a, from it being a cigarette. Because this is why, this is when we come to the data, there's a few issues because a lot of the data is on nicotine, but when it's consumed from a tobacco product, which brings a load of complications because of all the other health issues with that. So when we're looking at the stuff of nicotine, the things people are looking at, this is in its sort of on its own. So just nicotine, basically. In a study we looked at, it was through a strip. So do you remember, I don't know if they still sell them anymore, but um, for a while in shops you could buy little strips where it was like chewing gum, but instead of it being actual chewing gum, it was that brand, but as a strip that you'd place on your tongue. Yeah, dissolved. Was it, was it Wrigley's? I don't know if it was Wrigley's. I can't remember who it was, but they used to pl- they used to have the strip that you'd place in your tongue and it would absorb really quick. Yeah. And in the case of this study, this is what they kind of use. It was just pure nicotine, basically. It was like, Five milligrams. Five milligrams, yeah, which is which is more than like if you go to buy gum, most gums are like two milligrams a yeah. piece. So it's a bit more yeah. than that, but we'll come on to that anyway. From what I saw that it was kind of like on the average of like the low end of a cigarette. I mean saying that some cigarettes only have got like one milligram, haven't they? Per cigarette or something. I wouldn't have a clue, mate. Yeah, I think so anyway. Um yeah, well, I know I don't smoke, but when we actually look at nicotine then, so we forget all that, two things to look at when it comes to nicotine. We've got the cognitive improvements. 
And then there's a sports slash gym performance, which is why it came to my attention because apparently there's some weightlifters running around getting smashed on nicotine <laughs> before they do yeah. a big lift. Okay, so if we start with cognitive then, because this is kind of what I saw most of the stuff on, there's actually a lot of people out there calling it a super nootropic which um, we've spoken a terrible about. take to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> which we've um, <laughs> which we've spoken up before uh, basically it comes down to the main effects of nicotine and what happens is in the brain uh, these effects are mediated by nicotine binding to something called an alpha 4 beta 2 receptor which probably means absolutely fuck all to most of you listening if I'm being honest <laughs> Basically, uh, if I simplify this even more, and um, that was just for the boffins listening, but basically to simplify it, it's the dopamine bit of the brain. Okay, so it, it binds itself to that. It releases dopamine. That in turn makes you have increased feelings of wellness, alertness, etc. So a bit of a buzz, essentially. Yeah. I mean, can you see anything more on cognitive stuff, Tom, from your point of view? I mean, I'm, str- I'm struggling to find a lot of practical data on it. And I think, as I said before, echoed what I just said, I think it's because it's affiliated with cigarettes. It's not something you'd go and study on its own uh, cognitively not really apart from what we just kind of mentioned there like um i mean i mean even like anecdotally speaking i've been around people who have been nicotine dependent uh just just to clarify in regards like this study that we're talking about this is people who in fact it says in the title of study people were naive against nicotine basically Mm -hmm. yeah you know but i have known people who have like when they haven't had a cigarette they completely change they get cranky, they get grumpy, etc. They become more confrontational, and then well, like, they, rely, they yeah. rely on that dopamine hit. They rely. And on then the as soon as they hit that, get that nicotine, and then yeah, the dopamine hit, and they come once again. They do a complete one eighty. But yeah, like in regards to like cognitive, I've not really seen much on it apart from what the study we kind of looked at. What what I, the one thing I could see though on this is. I want, to, I want to make this clear though. In isolation, it does appear safe. So I'm talking about away from cigarettes. If you just have nicotine on its own, apart from the fact it's highly addictive. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, which is obviously a negative. I mean, it's not going to like, for example, if you just have a, a nicotine gum, it's not going to just fuck you up, basically. It's not mm-hmm. going to just attack your lungs or anything. But I mean, it can raise it, your heart rate. Yeah, but then that's so caffeine. Yeah, so does caffeine. That is true. So that's, that's, what, that's what I mean. Obviously, we yeah. know that in moderation is okay. Like you I don't have, you have yeah. if you have shit loads of caffeine, you will fuck your heart up. The same with nicotine. But I'm saying if you compare them both side by side, they do a similar thing. Apart from one's more, um, one's looks at it more negatively than the other. Yeah. But in terms of cognitive, the only thing I did see, the only sort of positive you could say, is it did look, it did look to help with uh, cognitive improvement on older populations. But as we said before, when they test a lot of older populations, they tend to be people who have a cognitive impairment anyway. Mm. So we can't really say it's going to improve. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you're someone who's operating normally, so maybe like me and Tom, younger people, no no cognitive impairments, we can't really say that if we were to take nicotine on top, we're suddenly going to become superhuman brain power monsters if that makes yeah. sense. There's also the issue, which I think is obviously a bit different, because if, correct me if I'm wrong, caffeine stays in the system, I think it's for like five hours around yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a half-life, yeah, five, it's, six it's a, hours, something along those lines, roughly. Whereas nicotine has a shorter half-life. So this is only about, after about an hour or two, so between one or two hours, the effects do start to wear off, which means that you could potentially, like Tom said, people just start smashing it, become nicotine dependent. Yeah. They're constantly smashing it because Chain every it. hour, every hour they just have a they have a dive. So they're just constantly tapping it. And this is potentially a reason that people out there are saying that it's not being pushed by agencies and not being pushed like on paper because it's not, because it's such a short half-life. You, it's quite, you could say it's unethical really to say, 
or have this <laughs> because <laughs> if people are basically chaining these gums that, i don't think that's a good <laughs> it's not a good way of life is it so that's probably why it's not being pushed as a cognitive um, enhancer much like other things you might see out there yeah okay. but obviously due to it's like addictive properties etc and possibly being like a gateway to other things such as cigarettes or smoking if you're not a smoker already it's um you know are the outcomes even worth it when we talk about cognitively I mean, I've spoken about, I think in, when we spoke about nootropics in the past, we spoke mm. about the shrooms and God knows what else. Like, um, like how do you even measure that outcome? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, with, with things like uh, creatine, you could kind of look at the evidence and you could point out, well, actually, this group here was able to produce this much in regards to strength, reps, or power, or whatever. Don't get it wrong. As we'll say from the study, you know, that there is things we can outcome in regards to performance. But when it comes to, like, cognitively, it's a bit more harder to kind of like um, measure an outcome in that regard. If we move away from the cognitive stuff, there are other applications. Um, one of them you could say is appetite suppressing, um, which is a common thing, reason why people smoke. I mean, if you look at one of the common reasons why people struggle to quit smoking is because then they suddenly are just fucking stuffed in the face. They're just hungry all the time. They're just mm. eating all the time and they don't want that. And obviously because people don't want to gain weight, they go back to the cigarettes because it's suppressing their appetites. That is one um, other thing it does but then if we look at it in a more gym slash sports based situation we're going to come onto that paper that uh, tom's mentioned a few times and it was one of the very few that we could find on gym performance and i think it's probably for the reasons i mentioned above that due to its highly addictive nature short half-life it's not something to push very often but this title uh, the title of this study was effects of nicotine on repeated bouts of anaerobic exercise in nicotine naive individuals and that was johnston at all 2018 and obviously nicotine naive just means they are not they wouldn't be like smokers or they wouldn't be someone who's you know been dependent on nicotine in the past basically someone's probably yeah. never had nicotine um and basically what they did, they got 16 male athletes and they took part in a double-blind acute crossover study comparing the effects of a 5 milligram nicotine uh, strip versus a placebo on two 30-second Wingate tests with three minutes rest between bouts. Now, for context, because you might not have heard of the Wingate test before, it's mm. quite a famous lab-based anaerobic test used quite often. Um, and I'll give you a quote here just to save me trying to paraphrase what it actually is um, in its simplest form this test can be conducted using only a monarch or bodyguard cycle ergometer and a stopwatch as this test only requires the participant to cycle at a maximal effort for 30 seconds its simplicity and time effectiveness means it is an extremely popular testing protocol it's a very rapid but very hard spin class basically <laughs> yeah yeah basically in a lab <laughs> we're smoking apparently in this case yeah. i mean people are probably now that I've said that, Tom, people probably recognise pictures they've seen of people doing this. Like you see it in films, don't you, as well? Sometimes people are like a bike with like, oh, lab like equipment a, on them. the Rocky montage stuff, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. where yeah. they're building a super soldier or yeah, whoever else. Yeah, but they don't have them smoking as they're on the Wingate test. No, no. <laughs> Maybe that's something <laughs> no. we could think about in the future. You know, what, cha- we could propose cha- it a pack to your gym. Yeah, chain smoking <laughs> spin classes. There you go. Happy days. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> takeaways from this paper what they found was peak and average power output were significantly greater following nicotine compared to placebo heart rate and blood pressure were also higher following nicotine administration compared to placebo um, and i think a potential mechanism for this is as we spoke about that release of dopamine one p- possible cause is that when we have that dopamine hit the perception of discomfort due to smashing yourself for 30 seconds on the bike could be lower mm. if you've got that dopamine rush the, the suffering you're going through, absolutely smashing yourself, is going to be reduced. So because of that reward activity in the brain, whatever, 
could mean you could you know push yourself a bit more. Mm. I think that I think that makes sense. I can see why they've got those results. Obviously, though, it sounds exciting. Obviously, it's a small paper, so don't get too excited. But you no, know, that sounds quite promising. You've got to proceed with caution when it comes to anything like nicotine. I know it's getting a bit of traction potentially on social media, but due to its addictive <laughs> due to its addictive nature, dependency could be an issue. And as we spoke mm. about, its half life is very short. Okay, for a workout, an hour, two hours is fine, but it never stops there, does it? Because then you want more and then you want to operate at higher levels throughout the rest of the day. Next thing you know, you're just smashing loads and loads. So it's I think it's hard though at this point to determine risk versus reward. I think what we need is we need more long-term data looking at performance and we need to look at people who habitually have nicotine versus those who are naive because like caffeine, for example, Tom, when we look at studies on caffeine, they normally look at people who are habitual caffeine consumers and those who but don't have caffeine. Where the performance effects kind of drop off from that supplementation. Exactly. As your body adapts and gets used to it. Mm -hmm. Would this be the same with nicotine? We don't know mm. because they've obviously not done long-term stud studies on it. So I think it's one of the things where we've got to see if there's more and women as well. That's one thing I've got to mention. I just wrote down here. There's there's not a lot of data on women. If you look at all the, there's not yeah. men much, but pretty much all of it's on men, um, which limits quite a significant amount of the population. So proceed of caution. I mean, if I actually look at something Eric Helms said, so he's one of the big boys in the industry, Eric Helms. Mm -hmm. um, he actually reviewed this paper um, and he stated, if you are going to experiment with nicotine, um, which he said he would advise at this stage, either chew two milligram nicotine gum 20 minutes prior to training or dissolve five milligrams of nicotine in the form of that strip prior to training while carefully avoiding the ingestion of your own saliva. Now, the reason he said that about the saliva is because if you start to swallow, because obviously that strip's dissolving, if you keep swallowing, the nicotine can have gastro distress effects. So you can get basically mm -hmm. a bit of a bit of a, bit of a funny tummy, basically. Um, I mean, it's all very interesting, but the one thing I would take away is what Eric said there, wouldn't advise at this stage. <laughs> so even though we've said there's some stuff there, which potentially sounds quite good, don't rush out now. Don't log on to Amazon and start going, oh, 40 pack of nicotine gum, Nicorette, whatever it's called. I mean, bearing in mind, we've only just seen this being performed on like a Wingate test. Like, yeah. it, uh, is it worth the downsides? No. Do you for, want to become you dependent know, on it for a little bit of a boost? For, for, for some extra power. Yeah. You know, I think the, the benefits of staying nicotine-free, if we're talking about health, and to be fair, probably performance in the long run as well, probably <laughs> far outweigh any benefits you might get by supplement with, with nicotine. Obviously, that's me just projecting my own guess there, but um, you know, I don't think it's too far out to say that's a reasonable um, point. Yeah. I think the interesting thing, I, the reason we did include this in this week's uh, fitness news is because nicotine is not something you'd normally associate with health benefits, yeah. which is why I thought it was quite interesting, is that you straight away, the moment you tell anyone, you mention the word nicotine, they straight away, cigarettes. They're like, oh, cigarettes, tobacco, whatever. But this is where I'd say like it's important that we um, we consider like the word and the terminology we're using here. So in regards to like oh the benefit benefits of nicotine on health, I don't know if I'd necessarily equate that to the performance of nicotine on performance, which is what the study kind of shows here. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah, see what, what you I mean. kind of mean here. But because when we think about health, it's more of like a, a an ecosystem. Yeah, you know, steroids. Which, steroids improve performance. I yeah. think, but would you say they're good for health? Probably not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean here? Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If whatever you're seeing online about if you're seeing stuff online about nicotine and weightlifters and stuff, proceed with caution. I mean, who knows? This could be, you know, this could be Arnold Schwarzenegger's massive secret all these years. He absolutely <laughs> loved a stogie, a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. super setting his curls with a, you know, a massive Cuban. Thick Cuban. 
<laughs> Sounds fucking dodgy, doesn't it? The cigar, just to clarify. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, we'll move on to the next piece of news, which is Beetroot Gains, or Beets for short. So January this year, a new paper has been released titled Dietary Nitrate Found in Beetroot Juice Significantly Increases Muscle Force During Exercise. Essentially, this paper was done because they wanted to discover where in the body, because I just want to make it clear, there's been lots of studies on nitrates and beetroot juice in the past, but this study wanted to find out where in the body dietary nitrate was active trying to give more clues to how the mechanisms work so the actual actually, mechanism yeah. yeah the mechanism behind it so it's worked so um, i'll quickly go through what they found before we move on to more on this so they found uh, and they said for the first time which is a big proud you know proud claim they made it's like for the first time we have found that skeletal muscle rapidly takes up dietary nitrate um the elevated muscle also does following ingestion and then so i mean i was paraphrasing basically so it takes up rapidly but it declines during exercise Mm. okay so we'll take it in nice and quickly but over over exercise period it will go down but then they they say this is a driving force behind increasing in muscle force yeah so this is what they reckon the mechanism is because it rapidly absorbs into the skeletal muscle giving you that more force and then obviously it will dip off so if we kind of like put performance outcomes to the side for a second and we just shelved that at least we've now got some form of where actually they've looked into a kind of mechanism of what actually happens uh physiologically here when we actually take this supplement, so something does change. Yeah, it's not like it's you're not having your placebo. It's not placebo. Know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So actually, compared to placebo, something is actually happening here in regards to a, a mechanism rather than like an outcome so far. Before you do rush out, guys, and go over to Big Dwight's Roots Beet Farm and ransack the place, yeah. getting all the uh, all the beets available. That's an office joke, if you are not aware. I do. Um, I get that reference. We, we've got a major analysis from 2021. This merit analysis then, because if you do remember last few weeks ago, we did talk about um, major analyses in general saying, you know, and we spoke about how when you see headlines, you have to ask yourself nine points. You have to ask yourself questions, you know, whether it's true, because this obviously this, uh, this study that came out in January makes a big claim. So we've gone digging a bit, a little bit deeper. Got a major analysis on beetroot uh, juice. So firstly, they did mention that a recent International Olymp- Olympics Committee, which is IOC for short consensus, identifies dietary nitrate, which includes beetroot juice, as a nutritional ergogenic aid for higher intensity exercise performance. Which is quite a big thing for the Olympics committee to come out and say. Um, it means they're quite confident that it does something. Bearing in mind the Olympics also has cupping and acupuncture and all this other random crap. But when we actually look deeper into this meta-analysis, it, it doesn't seem as magical as you think. So we'll go through the... We'll start at the beginning, actually. Um, let's go chronologically on this um, there were 17 studies included in this meta seven were acute supplementation and 10 were chronic so acute being they would take it they would take it and then boom straight into something 10 they'd yeah. be taken over a long period of time i'm going to see how it affects them i'll give you a quick breakdown of the participants characteristics um, the 17 studies included 319 participants so still not a great deal um, 62 were females 257 were males the largest sample size was 52 and the smallest was seven um, and the mean age range of participants was from if we just break that down a little bit so what 20 to 31 i think that's all, all those numbers mm-hmm. mean there um so quite a young population okay so if we look at the actual participants like what they're what they were seven of them 
were classed as healthy adults. 156 were classed as recreational exercisers, which could mean anything from a, a walk to a run, whatever. Um, we've then got 147 were competitive slash trained individuals. And then elite athletes was nine. So quite a broad range there, but the bulk of them were people who were in the gym, basically, like normal gym goers or doing some sort of activity. The dose of nitrate provided in this, uh, across these studies ranged from 4.84 mmol to 12.9 mmol per serving. That's uh, to do with blood, if you're not aware. Um, we'll break that down, actually. I think, oh, do I write it down? Yeah, so they use it in this study, but if we look at the actual more realistic things, so if you actually look at the paper individual, if you look at the individual studies, it tells you a bit more clearly what they were given. So we can fuck off all these blood things because it doesn't mean anything to anyone. Is a lot of them were given a serving size of 70 mil of beetroot juice, which if you go on Amazon and you type that in now, you'll see they sell shots. And guess how much, Tom? 70 mil. Um, oh. Some are having one though, some are having two. And even some of them, to be fair, there was a couple of them that had four to 500 mil of beetroot juice a day, which is uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and if we look at what how much nitrate is in that, a 70 mil, so a shot of that beetroot juice is going to have 400 milligrams of nitrate. Yeah. Okay. Which is like the number they Chunky. seem to. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Look, before we get into some conclusions on this, I just want to make a point that the the body of literature is still quite small on this overall, um, and it's clear that there's a disproportionate amount of it is on men. If I go back to what did I say earlier, sixty two females, two hundred and fifty seven males, very disproportionate, big gap there. Mm. Um, so we'd obviously like to see more women once again. Um, it's also important to note a limitation of this paper, which is why we can't really compare it too much to the first one we mentioned because this one looked at only hit and sprint interval training sit is what they called it which is obviously not the same as resistance sort of training resistance training yeah yeah um, but basically what they found was there was no significant improvements what i would say though we've, we've spoke about before how when you're an athlete and you're competing at the highest level sometimes you turn to things to get that extra one percent yeah and i can understand why even though they said no significant improvements even a tiny minor improvement for someone who's at the top of their game yeah. could be the difference between you know a couple of seconds on a run whatever or so it's not like it does absolutely nothing mm. it's just that overall it might just be kind of like negligible you know <clears throat> not negligible but like you know very minor effects i mean one thing about this review that i do like is um they did clarify that they split into groups of like you know people who chronically supplement with it over mm. time versus yeah. people who, as you said earlier, like, did like a, an acute supplementation. Mm. So if I was to give an example of that, an acute supplementation would be taking caffeine, taking a pre-workout, and within the next few hours, you know, you'll reap the performance benefits of that, hopefully, whereas something like creatine, it takes time. It, it's a chronic supplement. It takes time to build up and eventually work. It's not one of those things where you can take it and straight away you're going to see any kind of performance. Mm. I mean, uh, in regards to like the supplementation with like the chronic group, some of them supplemented up to 28 days. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like it was a simple case of, oh, well, maybe it needed time to kind of, you know, uh, build up, build up in their bodies, kind of like creatine. You know, they had a good mixture of acute and chronic. But yeah, as you kind of said, like it was very small effects. It does make me laugh at you said, you know, like the 1% for a top athlete, that 1% might be what makes or breaks them. Because while the studies I'm looking at in this review actually showed that, yeah, there was like just in this one group, they had like a 1.2% improvement in like a 20 meter sprint. But it's yeah. like, you know, is that really that significant? 
if we go on to resistance training then, because it links kind of back to that first paper. We yeah. did say there's a couple of papers. So we've got a couple, which is the both on bench actually, which, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Bench power and strength endurance. So one's from 2016 and one's from 2020. Um, once again, the common theme of the dose, they were taking 70 mil shots. So 400 milligrams of nitrate. If we look at, so the later one, basically look to replicate what was found in the 2016 one which is fine because as we said replication is always a good thing if something gets replicated it's more it's strong evidence isn't it and this yeah. 2020 paper was the effect of acute beetroot juice supplementation on bench press power velocity and repetition volume and that was williams at all 2020 hmm. and what's interesting about this paper tom is that when they compared it to a placebo there's a few extra reps actually getting squeezed out which is pretty cool yeah so it was actually, yeah. a few, I mean, it wasn't like shit though, but I think it was like like one to three, I think it was. I mean, something I don't think we brought up either is that obviously we're talking about beetroot just as it is, right? Beetroot juice or possibly a solid beetroot if you're, you know, into that kind of veg. God, that sounds grim. I, I, for just to clarify, I, I'm not keen on beetroot. I had it years ago and uh, it made me sick, but you know, I'm, I'm digressing here. But um, you can also get it as the actual supplemental form, which would be betaine. And over the past years, like betaine kind of had like a, from what I saw, it kind of had like a resurgence. Like out of nowhere, like a, it must have been like maybe last year, possibly the year before, either it was in the past two years, like out of nowhere, like my my social media feed was starting to get hammered with betaine supplements. It was being advertised online. So yeah, I don't know kind of what happened there in regards to having a resurgence in betaine. But in regards to the supplement of betaine itself, Kind of goes hand in hand what you said there about the resistance training. I have seen I have seen some studies where like you know leg press uh, was it bench press as well uh, possibly uh, leg press as well. Let me try and find this study. Uh, do, 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 do. Effects of short term betaine supplementation on muscle endurance and indices of endocrine function following acute high intensity resistance exercise in young athletes. And that was Arazi et al. Twenty twenty two. Oh, there you go. Last year, it's probably why I saw a resurgence in it. But yeah, yeah they was um, performing ver various resistance exercises. So yeah, leg press, bench press, uh, same kind of thing. Where like actually, they found that their reps kind of increase with betaine supplementation, mm -hmm. which That's is you know hand in hand with beetroot. Uh, funny thing as well, you know, we was talking about mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. So like, aside from placebo, is something actually happening within the body for this to kind of happen? Um, and they measured things like testosterone, cortisol, and there was all changes like cortisol. Like compared to the placebo group, they actually found that like betaine actually kind of like lowered the cortisol. Whereas when it came to testosterone, had the opposite, it actually raised testosterone levels. Uh, this is one study though yeah, okay. that I'm looking at, mm. and it's quite a, you know, a significant effect in regards to reps and what's actually happening like testosterone and cortisol wise. So maybe it's just like some massive outlier compared to like the research we have on this already but there is some research out there that shows that in regards to resistance training beets or betaine whatever you know may provide some benefit yeah um so if we do rewind back to that paper that came out literally last month um well they obviously showed the mechanism it is there is actually data obviously as they did say that does show that in a resistance training based scenario we could potentially see some pretty cool stuff a few extra reps. Yeah. Not too bad at all. And then obviously in hit, in a hit based scenario. So we're talking like hip, hit and sprint interval training. Sprints and yeah. More, not as much, not maybe not as yeah. much. Maybe not as much. Joe, another thing as well, it's quite a common supplement. Uh, and to be fair, this has been common for a couple of years now, but like 
it can be seen as like a, a pump supplement. Oh, nitrate. Due to the mechanisms we yeah. spoke about, where it can kind of pump, uh, is it increased oxygen or et cetera? It yeah, can like give you that about... gym pump look. Yeah, I mean, it's like when we spoke about um, citrulline, Drimba, citrulline malate, things like that. It's very, it's just the same thing, isn't it? Pretty much like it's, it's that's why people take um, citrulline because of its um, juicy pump. Um, so yeah, because that is a beetroot juice. Um, I mean, if you want to explore it, you can. It's quite easy to get hold of. It's not like some mass up, I and mean, you can get shots of it on Amazon. Yeah. You could buy, as Tom said, like the betaine supplement in little yeah. powder, little pots, whatever. So it's quite an easy thing to get hold of. Um, obviously, don't expect the world to become your oyster. I mean, the the date is good, but it's not. It's not steroids. Um, it's not going to do anything. Exactly, that. Yeah. It's not going to do anything that that dramatic. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. It to might have out. an effect. Might not. Who knows. Okay, guys, as always, before we move on to the final part of this week's news, we're going to give a little shout out to our patrons. Um, and of course, producer Colleen, hello there. How are you doing? Not that she can hear me. Uh, well, she can't hear me, obviously, I hope so anyway. <laughs> she's gone deaf, um, but she can't talk to us, but I hope she's doing well. And to the rest of you patrons out there, hello. How are you doing? Let, let me know. Send us a message. I've not heard from any of them in quite some time. I'm getting worried. Have you not? What do you mean you haven't heard from them? No, I just mean like I've, I've not received a message from any of them. I've not had, get, had any backhanders from them. Oh, wow. You know, what, what's going on? I think I'd like you, Tom. What's going on? Is this because of the Jamie Oliver comments? I think it is, mate. I think it is. Shall I just check they haven't all just cancelled? That's a good point. Let me to check make sure that everyone's cancelled. <laughs> uh, go on there. got zero. <laughs> no, we're still there. We're still we're still good. We're, we're, we're okay. We're okay. Um, but we, what, what, has, what has become clear, though, I'll say we're all good. We're actually at the same number we were three weeks ago, which means that our Uncle Ben's plea hasn't worked which means it's just it, i don't know what to say really to be honest i don't i know i've, I've you know I've, I've i've got nothing piling up behind me yeah, i was expecting to be knees deep in rice by now knee, knees deep yeah <laughs> i want to be, be balls deep in rice i do oh, oh too far there <laughs> too far that's too much rice it gets in all the nooks and crannies that's a good point yeah i'll be fucking finding rice <laughs> from oh, imagine the doctor tweezing that out Whew. oh god yeah, yeah. Mm. Unpleasant. Anyway. Yeah, sorry about that. That was a bit grim, wasn't it? Yeah, anyway. Uh, we'll move that was one of those comments where you can feel it once it's said. <laughs> yeah, right. Th thanks to the Patreons. We'll, we'll move this on. Um, if you want to join the rest of the society, as we do call them, because we do in a, we do indeed live in a society, um, check out the show notes for the link to our Patreon, where you can join and have some fun with us. But uh, you probably don't want to after hearing about our rice obsession. That sounded really ominous. Yeah, yeah it does. It sounds very odd, doesn't it? Yeah. We'll take it that way you will. Maybe you want to have some fun. Who knows? <laughs> Just uh, we'll see you on the other side. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you on the other side. Like propositioning. <laughs> right, move us on. Okay. I told you we should have gone for OnlyFans instead of Patreon. Naked and rice. <laughs> there you go. Listen, if, if you can think it, there's probably a fetish for it somewhere. Yeah, probably. Right. That's something I'm not going to Google, by the way. You, you can do that on your end. It is now time for the NHS health quiz, where hopefully we'll not be trying to remove any rice. We're gonna we're gonna go through something that has come out not too long ago. Um, it's the National Health Service, as I said in the intro, uh, from the UK, uh, and and I quote: "They've released this to hopefully point you in the right direction." And I'm not too sure how I feel with. I mean, this is the headline. I'm not sure how the NHS is selling it, but if we link back to last week with negativity bias, the headline for talking about this quiz was. How unhealthy is your life? Brutal NHS test ranks you on a scale of 1 to 10. 
So straight away, you got mm. the words, the terminology there, unhealthy. So straight away, they are saying it's going to, you know, ha- you, making you feel negative about yourself. And brutal is obviously a quite a dramatic term. Um, but headline aside from the actual news article, we actually look at this test. Me and Tom are going to go through this. I think we should do it in synchronization, Tom. I think Very we should. Testing. I think we should. So you've got the link here. I think yeah? we should. We'll get this back I up. have indeed. Let's open this up. Okay. So step one. Hang on, I don't even fucking got it. Oh, hang on. Look, so look, if we if we go back to negativity biasing, if you click on the link, it says, how are you? It doesn't say how, how unhealthy are you. <laughs> it says, how are you? So it's just a fucking Daily Mail gobbing off again. Yeah. Let's read what they said. I just to give people the context. So it says, how are you is for over 18s only and is only designed to point you in the right direction. It is not a medical assessment. If you're worried about your health, you should speak to a health professional. Okay. Start quiz. Have you pressed start quiz? I've started. I'm well in front of you, mate. I'm winning. What is your name, Bill? Are you male or female? Oh, well, that's a fucking touchy subject, isn't it? How old are you? Um, How old are you, I am within the age range of 20 and 50, so I'm just going to put 20-50. Will they accept that? I can't put a dash in. All it'll accept is two zero. Two thousand. It only goes up to three digits, which is very ageist. Wow, look at this Uh, terminology. I can put in 205. I'm just going to put in my real age. Yeah. What is it? What is your real age, Tom? 21, I just told you. I do get people asking me that, you know, because they always ask how old you are. Uh, last I, always... I, think I'm, I think I'm around 34. I see. I keep saying 35. Uh, fuck you. I'm around 34, roughly. That's only by year. It's not like a mess. It's not like I've said you're 40. I mean, it's, it's, it's by like two months, but yeah, 34, you cheeky shit. All right, okay. Anyway, right. move on. How are you right. feeling right now? Right. First, now, first this is on a sliding scale of one to 100. And I've got really knackered, <laughs> full of all beans. up to full of beans, <laughs> cannot run for a bus, up to can run for miles. I mean, you can't run for bus anyway because they're all fucking striking. Uh, totally wound up to feeling calm, sleepless nights to sleep like a baby, not my best to fitter than ever, down in the dumps to over the moon. So... My first criticisms of this is that because it's user generated, like it's very hard to tell like where you can mark it off from. So like, okay, we're on a scale of one to a hundred here, but it's kind of like, what? How do I? What's the difference between thirty and thirty-five here? Yeah, I get what you mean. Do you know what I mean? So if they, I'll give you an example. Like um, when you look at kind of like scales that ask, well, how active are you? They'll give you. Yeah, but it'll be also, sometimes they might say, okay, let's look at steps. Do you do between yeah. one to 3,000 steps per day, three to 5,000 steps per day, six to 7,000 steps per day? Now, if you're able to track that, then happy days. You know, you've got like a bit of a marker. Or you might get one that will say like, do you walk to work? Things where you can just say, yes, I well, do. Well, it's like... um. It's like when you get those things, you know, and they give you like an opinion poll and they say neutral, agree, strongly agree, or disagree, strongly yeah. disagree. There's like a tangible, you know, if you click yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Another thing as well, like my f- each one of these scores could change on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. So fucking, today, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, fucking I'm pretty full of, full of beans. You're full of beans, though. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm going to go 25. I'm like yesterday, I was really <laughs> knackered. So do you see my issue? Okay, but I'm more on the side of full of beans, but, from 50 to 100 now, what am I going to select? I just simply don't know what to put. How many, if I was it's to say to you, arbitrary. Tom, Tom how, many, how many cans of Heinz can you fit inside you? Fit inside me? 
Well, as I said, Bill, it could change day to day. <laughs> what do you mean? How could it change day to day? Well, today I feel like I could possibly get two in me at a push, literally. Two? But yesterday, where I was very tired, I couldn't put up much resistance, probably like in the 60 scale. <laughs> God well, I'm idea. digressing here. I'm just right, going to throw in some random numbers. Uh, oh, yeah? Uh, once again, though, even throwing random numbers, I just fucking don't know where to start. I'm feeling pretty fit, though. I'm feeling neutral, sleepless night, and yeah, I'm pretty. I'm wound up because I'm still thinking about the Jamie Oliver situation. Uh, but once again, from zero to 50, I just simply don't know how I would scale this. Okay, the next one's a bit better though, Tom. Part, part one, part, okay, we're still on part one actually. Uh, but the next slide, okay. Um, this one is what stop what stops you taking care of yourself? And it says you can pick as many as you like. So I'll go through what we've got options in front of me and Tom now. We've got, I don't have the time. It's more important I look after others. I don't know what to do. I don't have the money. I start but can't keep up. I'm ill or disabled or nothing. I take good care of myself. When they say what stops you taking care of yourself, though, what we talk about physically, mentally, yeah, all of it. Yeah. So to be fair, they have given us some actual you know, answers we could pick from here. So it's a bit different from a sliding scale. Because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can, can resonate with a lot of these options. God, I need to start wearing my glasses. I'll probably just, you know, I'll, I'll probably take quite a good care of myself. I won't say any of them, really. So next one, who depends on you being healthy? This is quite a good one, actually. My partner, my kids, my parents, my grandkids, my close friends, my brothers and sisters, my pets, or none of these. Uh, once again, that's a lot better because it's actually giving you things you can select there. So straight away, you know, well, I've, I've got kids. I've got a kid and I've got a mm. partner, you know, that depend on me. Mm. Straight away, I can click on those. That's interesting once again, though, because I think you're right about your... I, th- I want to say this is more on the physical side of things, maybe. Once again, it, who, yeah. people could depend on you for different things, can't they? Like, fitness-wise, you could say your kids depend on you be fixed you want to take it to football. Yeah. It's quite a broad... Um, well, this is the thing. When we talk about health, it's one big ecosystem. Mm. It's not just your physical state, it's your mental mm. well-being... You know, uh, as I've kind of mentioned before, through new papers that have been released, it's been argued that it could be your ability to adapt and self-manage as well. Mm. Um, but compared to the first page, uh, not I the first not. page, that was the age <laughs> and name, you know, compared to the second page where it was just giving you a slide and a scale mm. of things that could change on a day-to-day basis, these current answers seem a lot, these current questions and answers seem a lot better. Okay, so I'm on the next page. I'm surprised. Hang on, Tom. I'd, before we go... I'm surprised there's not an option that says yourself because who depends on you being healthy? Surely there should be an intrinsic like myself. I depend on myself being healthy. Like if I want to do what I like doing, if I want to enjoy yeah. my life, I depend on being healthy because if you're healthy both in all the ec- ecosystem, it allows you to do things you enjoy. If you're not healthy, then you ah. tend to... We say that, but now I've gone to the next page. It does say, apart from not getting ill, what are your oh. top three health priorities? Oh, here we go. Uh, I've jumped ahead, guys. to my genes, having oh. more energy... Avoiding aches and pains, feeling young, staying independent, being there for my kids and grandkids, staying young looking, having a more active social life, keeping my mind sharp. So once again, they've given some answers there. And they're actually quite self-reflective as well, which I quite like, is because if someone just said to you, and this is a common PT thing, by the way, oh, uh, what are your top three health priorities? And they just jump at you and say, and you're like, uh... You know, sometimes you need to see something, oh, avoiding aches and pains is one of the answers here. Someone might go, actually, yeah, that is one of my top priorities. I've just never actually self-reflected on that before. 
So it's kind of giving you some answers to kind of help you here. What, what would you say then, Tom? What are your top three health priorities? I would prefer to avoid aches and pains. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Right. Uh, my other my other ones are feeling young. Uh, that boat has sailed. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> keeping my mind sharp. I forgot how old I was earlier. That's another boat that sailed. Uh, oh, being there for kids. That's an easy one. Yeah, I think for you, yeah. I don't have kids, obviously, so. I think for me... I would say having more energy because I find if I don't exercise during a day, if I have a day off from my rest days, I actually have to go for a walk now on my rest days, like quite a long walk because I just get really lethargic. Even though I've actually done yeah. less work, exercise actually gives me that boost. It gives me that, that energy boost and I, I like having that because you know it keeps me operating at a high level when it comes to working. So that's good. Avoiding aches and pains I think is a, a pretty good one as well, as we know. Yeah. If you can make yourself more resilient, you're less likely to you reduce your risk of injury if you you know participate in a lot of resistance-based training, strengthening yeah. those areas. Um and I think for me as well, I like to get out and do stuff. So I think having a more active social life as well. I like to be able to move around, you know, on my toes. I don't really like to. I don't. I, I don't like to be one of those people. If if I went on a city break um, and I've walked like ten meters and I'm in clip, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like to be able to just bounce around and feel pretty good. Um, so it's kind of linking to youthful, I suppose. But yeah, having a more active social life. Yeah. Next expert. Oh, hello. Before, do you want to read this? <laughs> So before you move on, something to think about. Sounds like, I just want to clarify, by the way, I just typed in random numbers at the start. Right. That's what yours <laughs> but, uh, says. That's what after. So, so there you go. That's, that's, that's my, that's my <laughs> right. bailout excuse. Sounds like your well-being's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment, and you could do a shake-up in some areas. The good news is taking care of yourself doesn't have to take lots of time or mean you have to stick to unrealistic plans. You can make simple changes that will fit around your life and get you back in balance. That means it's more likely you'll be there for your loved ones too. Good, they're throwing the old guilty wrench there. We'll point you in the right direction. But first, let's look at your lifestyle to see what you should focus on. That's quite similar to mine. Before we move on, you know, it's it's been quite non-judgmental so far. Hmm. You know, and they've been more hopeful. They've not said, you know, oh, like, um, you need to make a drastic change here. (laughs) You know, they've kind of been a bit more understanding, you know, that it doesn't have to take as much time. It hasn't got to be unrealistic. So straight away, they've been quite open in regards to it's not as it's not as hardcore as other health sites will kind of be Hmm. where they'll be like, oh, no, you've got to improve now. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. It's always feeling like they're breaking me in gentle to my own coffin. Right, next one. Oh, let's have a look at what you're eating. What kind of choice would you usually make? So they've given us four options here. A is sugary drinks, then we've got B, diet drinks, C, water, and then D is unsugared tea slash coffee. Coffee, easy peasy, right. Is that what you normally go for, is it? Mate, that is most of my hydration oh, really? is food coffee. Uh, what's most of mine? Mine's probably squash, which is water, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. One thing... I am thinking about with these multiple selections they're giving us here. So, for example, uh, I've gone on to the next question, which is food, and it's chips, boiled potatoes, roast potatoes, and jacket potatoes. If you cast your mind way back to when we was talking about nutrition in our earlier podcasts, the problem with a lot of things like this is sometimes you answer or you might answer what you want how them you to expect them to yeah. answer. You, you might give them the answers that they want to hear. So that is a bit of a problem. Because if you look to that, Tom, everyone who... If, if you could have a common sense approach. You'd assume that 
boiled potatoes are probably the best and jack of potatoes are probably the best. That's what you'd assume yeah. if you were just thinking like chips you'd associate with things like McDonald's. You'd probably think, oh, well, that's probably not the greatest one. Roast potatoes are obviously roasted in like oil and stuff. So yeah. you'll probably be like, oh, what kind of choice would you usually make? And the thing is, people don't like to feel shame. We've spoke about how shame has a negative impact on people's health and fitness. So if you if you then clicked on chips, you might start to think bad about yourself going, oh, I, I normally... Because it's telling you, it's making you self-reflect what kind of choice would you usually make? If you tell yourself, oh, it's chips, you could be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'm an absolute chip monster. Now, I would have put roast potatoes because of my air fryer. Yeah. However, Bill, I have uh, since become a part of the slow cook again. Oh, here we go. So for the past month, I've actually been in the boiled potatoes crew. Oh, really? So, well, technically, it's a slow cooker, but technically it's boiled, isn't it, if it's in a mm. slow cooker? I don't really have potatoes for it. I mean, I think if I do have potatoes, it's actually normally chips, I think, so I'm going to click chips because that's normally what I have, actually. If you had to, which one would you usually pick? And I've now gone to cereal. Sugary cereal, plain porridge, plain cereal, or whole grain cereal. I am a fruit and fibre addict. And not even like a Kellogg's one either. I am like Asda's own brand. Uh, um, is that whole grain though? Is that plain cereal? I think that's whole grain, isn't it? A lot of cereal is whole grain to be fair, isn't it? It's probably just like... Well, that's why I'm uh, going to click. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I was going to think, because I have overnight oats a lot, but that's not plain porridge, is it? So. See, it gets a bit ambiguous now, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just going to say, if I, I think if I had to pick out of those... I'd probably go for a whole grain cereal. That's what I'd normally pick. If I was to go to the supermarket and buy cereal, I would choose a whole grain cereal as my option. I wouldn't just have plain porridge. I'd have overnight oats, but that's a completely different yeah. fucking meal in itself, isn't it? So. so you see, they're also kind of like... So now it seems like the answers they're giving are a bit too narrow. Yeah, narrow. I mean, that's actually, you might be outside of that. <laughs> if you've been on the next one, I've only got one choice. <laughs> and, oh, yes, cheeses. I'm going to assume, Bill, you don't eat, you know... Any of these except a low-fat vegan cheese they're giving us an option. <laughs> yeah, I love that they included that. Now, the thing is, I'm not even a massive cheese... <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not even a massive cheese fan, but when I do get cheese, it's usually the, the low-fat Leard... I can't pronounce the name. Leardhammer? Leardhammer? Is that the one with the holes in? That's the one. That's the yeah. one that looks like it's from Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah that that's one. it, yeah. Cartoon cheese. There we go. It's a good cheese, that. If you had to pick one, which would you usually pick? Burger, fish, ham... Lean meat or meat substitute. <laughs> so this is easy for me now. I'm about to fly through these. <laughs> there you go, no, Bill. No problem. What have you got? What do you go for? Lean meat. Okay. How many servings of How many servings of fruit and vegetables do you eat a day? Probably... So when we talk about servings, it's usually like a palmful, isn't it, or a handful? Yeah. So I know that. You know that. But what about the person that might assume that a single grape is a portion or <laughs> yeah, a serving even? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So this is where I think it becomes a bit difficult. Um, and as far as I'm aware, it doesn't actually have like an option where you can click if you're a bit confused and you want to find out what is class as a serving. This is another thing is that they are asking on a daily basis. Yeah. But it can change from day to day, week to week. I mean, last uh, last month, I was having like fucking well over five mm. servings of fruit and vegetables. But the past week, yeah. I've only been having one to two. So it's like, is it going to affect, is my final score going to be based off of just a week's worth of data I'm putting in? Yeah, when it might, When my actual options might have been dramatically different the week before that, etc. Which snacks do you eat in a normal day? Fruit, chocolate and sweets, crisps, cakes, biscuits, toast with low-fat spread, unsalted nuts, tea cakes. That's a very, very specific one, tea cakes. 
You could tell us is the NHS or none of these. If I have snacks, it's normally just, I don't really have snacks, I have meals. Do you see, once again, they've kind of given you like, well, actually, they've got the none of these option. Yeah, I'm going to click that. You say, so you can pick as many as you like as well. It's not like you can pick one. There is other options, but yeah, I don't really, I have different things. I don't really have those. So here it says, yeah, your food choices aren't terrible, but they're not exactly great either. Bearing in mind, I've been putting in I random know. ones. Guess what I've got time. Do you want to see what it says for me? Go on. When it comes to food bill, you certainly know your onions. Your answer suggests you're likely to be following a healthy, balanced diet. Keep it up and you'll really feel the benefits. Although it looks like you make healthy food choices, you say you're not... What? You say you're not feeling as slim as you'd like, Bill. <laughs> when did I say that? <laughs> many, okay, many of so us, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Many of us eat and drink more than we need, even if we eat healthy foods. So checking your portion size is a good place to start. And if you do like a snack, make sure it's a healthy one. Hang on. When the fuck did I say I'm not feeling as slim as I'd like? Cheeky fuckers. <laughs> do, do we need to have a chat off air, Bill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, fucking hell. They, they like watch it. Are they looking at me for the camera? Are they trying to say something? Are they trying to, are they oh, trying Bill, to tell you're not going to like this next one. Do you drink alcohol? Now, me, I'm pretty much <laughs> teetotal unless I'm at like a social event, which I suppose is not teetotal at all. It's my version of teetotal. But mine is monthly or less. Monthly but the options less. are monthly or less, two to four times a month, most weeks or never. Mine's monthly or less. Okay, so look, this is once again where it gets a bit problematic. Oh, fuck Because it's up. saying, like, on these days, how much do you actually drink? And it's giving you beer, cider, spirits, oh, wine. Once again, this can this can differ dramatically. Even if you're oh, it's making, it's, making you put, like, it's making you put fucking numbers in. How the fuck am I going to know exact number? I mean, look, I could, I could be at, like, a social event, mm, you know, exactly. with the family in a month's time, and I might only have one or two. But then there might be a day where, you know, I'm with you or some other reprobates and I might have <laughs> a lot more than that. Yeah. So it's a bit hard to kind of like, do you see what I mean? Like the answers I, I give might differ week, I suppose, but, on a week to week basis, month to month basis, day to day basis. It's now asking in the last year, how many times have you had at least six units to drink in one day? Where's it saying that? God, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember. Where have, you, where have you got that? I've gone to the next one. Did you, did you... In the last year... Are you oh, shit, Hannah, I've got to think about. No, Hannah, I, 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 I pressed the... No, hang on. In the last year... Fucking, have you gone to like a... Oh, you've got to a fucking bonus round. I've got... Where the fuck have... Why have I got that? I, I've got drinking part three or five. Yeah, and have you... Did you put the numbers in the box, did you? So how many have you drank? I looked a bonus level. Did you have a zero for everything? Is that why? No, I've put in one cider. Because this is what I want them to think. When I press next, it just... Joe, let's add 10 wines and see what they say. It's, it's telling me not to pack on my drinks in one day. Okay, it's now telling me before you move on, it looks like you're drinking within the limits that you put at the lowest <laughs> risk from alcohol. Tom. I mean, I've just put in 11. How many? Uh, I, I right. put in one cider and 10 wines. Right, let me, see how many, let me see how many it takes to put. I'm going to put typical day of the weekend. I'm going to put max. I'm going to max everything out. I'm maxing it all Joe, out. Joe, I'm going to be an absolute pisshead here. I'm going to go for what's the maximum amount of spirits? All right, typical weekday. I'm going to go. To, so you could do ten on each, 10, 10 plus. Ah, to be fair, I did say it's like every month or less. So on that one day in oh, that okay, month, yeah, yeah, you know, I may have ten shots and ten ciders. Okay, now it's yeah, and now it's ten wines. Now, now it's telling me you've got a problem. It's telling me that I'm going to start <laughs> shaking, sweating, and feeling anxious. Okay, yeah, this is a bit concerning. So. I put in that I I drink alcohol monthly or less, right? In that one month or less, I have 10 beers, 10 ciders, 10 spirits, 10 wines. 
It looks like you're drinking within the limits that put you at the lowest risk from alcohol, Tom. I would disagree with that. Because I'm pretty sure that one evening in that month would put me in a fucking ambulance. <laughs> yeah, just okay. fucking like... So this is my other major criticism so far. <laughs> oh, here we go. How much exercise do you get every day? Okay, once again, this is a bit ambiguous because it's giving me a list of days, yeah, Monday to Sunday. And each day is giving me a sliding scale of zero to 150 minutes. If you if you click next as well, it's this, this, they've separated into two things. You've got a strengthening activity, and then the one you're on is just cardio. I think I'm guessing. Okay, so but that's what make it if more my difficult. day-to-day activity changes all the time on a weekly basis? Do you see what I mean? Once again, they're judging my health of a single week. What if uh, this is the one week? Because it's asking me what have I done from Monday to Sunday, right? But what if that's the one week where I've not done much? Yeah. I've been looking after the kids. Any other week, I'd be very active. Mm, anything that makes you breathe harder. I mean, I'd like to say, I'm just going to put, I do 30, I'll, I'll say at least, I do, I'll do at least half, because obviously you've got to include, because the next one's strengthening activities. Yeah, I do like that they have included strengthening activities, I must say that. Because when people think about exercise, uh, when I say the general public, let's say when the general public think about exercise, I believe that... Um, first thing your mind kind of goes to is aerobic activity step get your steps Walk, in or going for a run. running steps yeah. yeah biking whatever else uh usually strength training or resistance training is pushed on the back end a little bit bear in mind i've not actually touched the scale it has told me that i need to be much more active to get the benefits mm. it's sometimes hard to find the time or motivation to get moving but getting your blood pumping is one of the best things you could do to get more energy give it a go and see how good you feel Remember, even if you find it difficult to move around, doing some activity is better for you than doing none. So focus on what you can manage and aim to build up gradually. Actually, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to put in the recommended physical activity per week. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. We're yeah. talking 150 to 300 minutes, right? Yeah, and then strengthening was what? Um, how much is strengthening activity? Twice a week, wouldn't it? Just a twice a week? Twice a week. Yeah. So we're so putting hour, two hours a week. week. I'll do one outlaw. I'll do one day of 40 minutes. One second. Let's see how well this algorithm knows its uh, guidelines. Uh, okay, let's do a let's do a, a two-day bodybuilding split. Monday's chest, so that's 60. Chest and tries. <laughs> Back and forth. Thursday's Thursday. leg day. Oh, you leg day? Oh, legs. Fuck it, Tom. The other three days is me vomiting and recovering. Okay. So I've basically put in about 150 minutes of aerobic activity per week, mm-hmm. and I've put in two hours per week of strength training, right? That's great. You're pretty active, which is really important to keep you healthy. But if you're worried about your weight, doing even more exercise will burn extra calories and tone you up, ah, mm-hmm. as well as helping <laughs> you feel better about yourself. Okay, so one thing I was going to mention towards the very end was that there's actually been no mention of weight on my one yet i know it mentioned it on yours but i was thinking actually this has been quite weight neutral which is interesting it has been up until this point but they've not said that it's an absolute prerequisite in fact there was no there's no way for us to even type in our weight was there at the beginning no 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 that's quite interesting they seem to have taken like a bit of a weight neutral approach to this yeah that's fair enough um but yeah it's a win-win remember even if you find it difficult to move around Doing some activity is better for you than doing none. That's so good. focus on what you can manage and aim to build up gradually. Fair enough. Oh, nice, yeah. Ah, the big one, Bill. <laughs> Do you smoke? Well, since this podcast... You used to smoke, didn't you? I used to I used to be a heavy smoker, but... Yeah, um, day, yeah. Oh, yeah I quit. Uh, I mean, I'll do it very rarely. 
Did, did you smoke when I, when I knew you? Did you did you smoke when I when we were in this tailor? Yeah, yeah. Did when you? we first met, I did. All right. I used okay. to do roll ups. I used to do it in the back of an alleyway. Oh fucking hell, Tom! Yeah, I know. I was a proper hardcore smoker. All right. So you put one no, I've cool quit. Guys, what does yours say when you say? Oh, apparently, I've made look, not for me. It says not smoking is one of the best choices you've ever made, Bill, and it gives you a big head start on your journey towards healthy living. Good for you. How nice of them. Uh, they've congratulated me for quitting smoking. Oh, pretty. And uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't that hard when I quit. I don't know why. It should have been. But I think it's because, funny enough, I I used to smoke heavily. But then I kind of started to reduce my intake. Hmm. And then I was just smoking every now and again. Um, it was actually when I did my PT course and we saw a pair of lun- a smoker's lunge trying to get inflated. And that's actually what put me off oh, smoking sure. for life. Okay. Uh, well, proper hardcore smoking, not like, oh, a wedding or a funeral or a bar mitzvah, I'll smoke then. But I mean, um, yeah, when I saw those smokers' lungs trying to get inflated, I was like, yeah, fuck that. That is not something I fancy doing again. Right, Tom. Just, uh, to just the- to clarify, it was a pair of cat's lungs, not human lungs. Should we go on to the final scores then? Oh, hang on a minute. It's asking for my deets. Oh, no. no press, press no thanks. Yeah. Press no thanks. God, I what, thought right. you guys finished where to get your results. Give us your on, details. Tom, Tom bear with me. I'm going to get a drum roll going. What'd you get, Tom? I got an eight. Oh fuck off! Oh, right, anyway, that gives us a spoiler. Bearing mind in that. mind, I, I I just put in random details. Go on, what did you get? All right, drum roll again. I got a fucking seven. It's because you're vegan. No, no, what? No, it's because of the drink. It's because of the fucking boozing. You said once a month. I said fucking every week. Hang on a minute. Okie dokie. So first of all, it's giving us like a random score. Uh, you're doing great. Keep it going. We have some tips to help you get there. It then goes on to say, how can you stay healthy? Okay, so they've broken this down to some categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a traffic light as well. They've marked it green, orange, and I'm assuming that if you was doing something really naughty, it'd be red. I'm assuming. Uh, first one is moving. The second one is eating. The other one is drinking. And the last one I've got is smoking. Um, they've actually given links to each subject as well so for example for moving i've got recommendations for of couch to 5k and something called active 10 which i'm assuming is some kind of like hit class or something or hit yeah mm. uh eating healthy recipes and an nhs food oh, no. scanner tom to rewind i've just clicked on active 10 it's not what we thought it was at all the active 10 app anonymously records every minute of walking you do just pop your phone in your pocket and away you go so basically it just track your steps Throughout the day, oh, okay. So it's good if you've got like good. a watch. If you've not got like a watch, you can't. You know, you can't get hold of a a, a fitness watch. You could just use your phone, basically. So it's basically a pedometer. Yeah, basically, yeah. And obviously, couch to five k. We've spoken about before, haven't we? It's um just a way of getting you yeah. up to a five k run. Yeah. No, fair enough. And uh, drinking something called drink three days, which I'm assuming is drink three days. And then yeah, smoking. I've got nothing for that. Was your sure all... that if I'd put something negative on there like I was a heavy smoker they would have given me something to do with uh, quitting was yours all green then uh, no eating is orange alright I'm assuming that's because I didn't put down five servings a oh, really? day okay. of well that's quite interesting um, okay so what's your overall thoughts here I think it's it's clear they've been careful with their language I think that's been quite obvious yeah. they've not they've not tried to use any overly emotional language is good for someone doing it who could potentially be triggered by that you could say um negatively uh apart from the fact that they said i've said i'm not happy about you know i want to be slimmer i'm not sure where that came from <laughs> maybe a bit of a <laughs> joe you know what apart from that comment 
and yeah, right. I, mean, I got as well it does seem that the vast majority of this has tried to move away from weight yeah weight yeah it's about lifestyle so it's been changes more about it's been more about actually trying to look at your physical activity and your nutritional habits and lifestyle factors such as smoking and you know uh, drinking which to be fair is a is a you know a point in the right direction i think because um you know when when we think about like um overall health in, in regards to a physical sense we kind of have evidence to show that actually we'd be more successful if we take approach-based uh, goals here in regards to improving our health so you know actually moving more or making recommendations of eating more fruit or more fiber or yeah more fruit or more vegetables here as opposed to avoidance goals but then again avoidance goals would fall into if they were saying you know to drink less or to smoke less as well or quit altogether uh, but yeah, it's interesting they kind of went for like a weight-neutral approach on this mostly. Mm. Um, however, some of the questionnaire, it's very difficult and it's very nebulous. Like, for example, when it's saying on a scale of 1 to 100, you know, how how chirpy are you compared to being more down the dumps or whatever the score is? I, I think that was the only question which is a bit... I think the rest of them were okay. I think that was the only one which is a bit... Shit, I think the rest were because they had like actual options, it was very clear about what you were choosing. I think the first one was the only one where it was a bit like, mm, the sliding scale was a bit fucking ropey. Joe, you know it kind of you know, the sliding scale reminds me of a bit, it's a bit like the pain scale. Yeah. People say, Oh, on a scale one to ten, how much pain you're in, and someone says, Oh, I, I'm in a ten because they've got a bit of toothache. It's subjective, it's like, well, isn't it? actually, yeah. your physio or whoever might say that as well. If you say ten, that is you like going into a coma, yeah. So it's a bit of an odd scoring system, yeah. Overall, it's not terrible. But it needs some work on it. Um, fair play, though, for the. Oh, saying that about this scoring system, I've just noticed that R four tabs: drink less, get active, quit smoking, and lose weight. When you click on the lose weight app, you get a NHS weight loss plan, which might be a fucking episode all maybe by itself. Into it. Yeah, twelve weeks you can. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can have a look at that. Yeah, quit smoking. Uh, I've seen the quit smoking NHS program before. Uh, get active. This is what we've seen before. Couch based act. Active 10. Yeah. And then drink less. Uh, they will pay a man to come round to your house and threaten you. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, so that, that, that's an app as well. <laughs> yeah. Get, get an app for anything these days. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, overall, it wasn't that bad, was it? I mean, I don't think, uh, as the Daily Mail called it, I wouldn't say it's brutal. I mean, that's just fucking a bit far. That's a bit that's much, the Daily it? Mail. That's, once again, negativity, <laughs> bias, negativity bias, isn't it? Because they've said, yeah. how unhealthy is your life, brutal NHS test. You, like, you, you want to try it because you're like, oh, you know, how brutal is this test? How, how, how unhealthy is it going to tell me I am? Am I actually that unhealthy? When it wasn't that's that bad at all, a really. piece of shit headline, to be honest with you. There's nothing brutal about it. You know, is it perfect? Not really. But, you know, it's nowhere near perfect. In fact, it was a lot more, I think it was a bit more understanding than what I thought it was going to be. And that was mm. before I even kind of looked at the headline the Daily Mail would put on it. Yeah, very interesting. Straight away, I assumed it was going to be like, oh, you know, you're going to GP's office. And it's like, oh, let's just take your BMI. I'm surprised there was no BMI questions on there. Better than a lot of the other tests, other tests I've seen in the past where it has been very much like that. Guys, I'll leave a link down in the show notes for that if you want to have a go at the quiz yourself. And you too can get more than me with my measly seven health score, which is now going to keep me up all night. I'm going to be in a pit of despair thinking, where did it all go wrong? Why am I and you're going to have to change your sliding scale on your sleep. Yeah, I'm going to stop fucking smashing me over like oats. I'm going to stop going to the gym. It's Get all for down nothing. To a score of six. Fucking hell, yeah. God, what a nightmare. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right. 
That is all the news this week, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Um, and if you do, as always, want to do us a favor because we're all about favors at the end of this podcast, the one we normally do tell you to do is get following. If you are a new listener or if you just haven't even followed the podcast yet, make sure you are following it on the app because even if you do listen every week and you're not following, the algorithms, which you have spoke about, don't like that. By you pressing follow or subscribe, you tell the algorithm all. Oh, people like this podcast and it will share to more mm. people, which is very exciting for us. So if you could do that and leave a rating as well, a little review, be lovely. If you want to take it, if you want to take that next step though, a review is gold standard. One, it's effort, so the algorithm sees that you've put actual effort into writing something out. And two, we get to see who you are. So you get to know that we've looked at that review and you get that warm fuzzy feeling of going, oh, they know I exist. They know about their listening. Graffiti away. onto uh, your public transport. Graffiti what? Our logo? Graffiti on our, our graffiti, our website and our podcast name, all our hashtags, etc. onto public transport. Oh, fucking hell, someone did that. I'd be very impressed. It's the only reasonable thing to do. There's indeed. Uh, and on that um, criminal damage bombshell, <laughs> it's been a... Um, we are a satirical podcast. <laughs> God, we started with it and we finished with it. It's been a pleasure as always, guys. Um, and we will see you next week, same time, same place, for some more The Fitness News. See you soon. See you soon.